Hey, I'm Mike Myers, and this is the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, which is geared to support songwriters and producers to gain confidence and turn pro. I bring on industry experts to help you improve and monetize your skills, engage better in the writing process, and build healthy habits to create a sustainable career that you love. Caffeinated, inspirational, conversational. Hello, my friends. Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode 104, Behind the Process with Seth Schaefer. Now, like a few weeks ago, I was on Seth's podcast, uh, Behind the Act, and it was really, it was fun to actually do a podcast in person. He's not that far from me. We both live in Nashville, and ironically, we moved to Nashville at the same time, too. <laughs> so it was it was really awesome to meet up with somebody who was experiencing that transition as well. Uh, a gorgeous studio and an amazing studio. My first impression was that I was like, dude, your studio rocks. It's, it's everything is so ready to just jump in and record, whether you're doing drums, bass. I, we kind of geeked out together. And it was interesting to hear that he was starting a podcast from scratch and he was starting this, this music licensing journey from scratch, starting at the very beginning. And to me, to be willing to make mistakes and learn, especially both processes, it's it's crazy because it is a handful <laughs> doing a podcast and diving into music licensing. But it was really cool to hear Seth's perspective and his willingness to be open about the process. So here we go, episode 104, Behind the Process with Seth Schaefer. Dude, Seth, yeah. I was on your podcast, so naturally I have to have you on my podcast to talk about things. <laughs> and there's so many different angles that we could approach this, and I was thinking about it. But then I realized just when we had our introduction, you were like, hey, I moved to Nashville. I'm just starting this podcast. Also, I'm getting into like you know music licensing, and I just built this studio, and, I'm fig- and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're just – there's so many starts that you're just now getting into, which one start alone can be like, oh shit, oh shit, like just overwhelming. But like several, that's crazy. But you seem to be, I don't know, approaching this too with a level of curiosity and a level of, oh no, 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 I do not know. But that's what's fascinating, I don't know. Here we go. And I'm like, let's talk about that because that is a particular type of person that's willing to put themselves not just once in one thing, but several things in the beginning of them. Right. Yeah. I know the, the process for me is uh, it's looking at every new step. I'm trying to, I guess I'm trying to discover what it is that I'm not good at um, and, and what, what can be better. So like there are certain things that I'm hitting a mark that I, I feel is technically acceptable, but I, it's not to the level that I want it to be. Um, and so, um, allowing myself to grow in places that there's no reason functionally that I should be good at until I really challenge myself and grow. Um, and then also realize that other people around me are really good at these things. And so I don't have fear and just saying, I don't know and asking people for help because they already know and I don't. So why not ask? Right. But here, here's where I would say what's interesting is 
you it's almost like you've accepted like hey there are people that really know a lot more about this and i'm just gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna be with them wonderful for some people that takes years to get to that that position to just say can you help me and what you see is a backlog of struggling trying to piece together and that's where they have this mis mismatch of like they've got half of step 37 but they have step two but then you have step four and they have step and it's just not working and they're frustrated and it seems like you've already come to the solution to prevent all of that i'm just going to start saying like hey can you help me right yeah i think that we attach certain skills that we um you know to to the value that we think that we bring to the world so there are, you know, if you are great at public speaking, well, you have a lot of pride in that. So you kind of almost protect yourself from trying to learn because that's that's where I carry value. So if I look weak in that, I'm not going to be able to do it. And so for me growing up, playing piano was the thing that I was really, you know, I, I had excelled at according to the community that I was around. And so it became scary to me when I was like, I need to do music. Okay, I need to record it. And so in my head, music is just music. So if you are recording it, um, I'm attaching like I'm supposed to be good at recording because I know how to play piano. Well, that's, that's not, not accurate. <laughs> there's no reason that that that's not true at all. Huh, right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like if you're a if you're if you're good at, 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 you know, playing in a recording studio, you might not be great live or vice versa or whatever the things are. So I've gone through this process of trying to break down um, and disconnect, dissociate each parts part of the skill. Uh, into something that I can then go grow and be okay to not be good at it. Like I, I don't need to be good at it. I need to grow in it. I want to get better than I am right now. Have you always kept this very pot? Like you've just immediately stepped into the realm of just like, yeah, this is how you're going to get better. Is this just transformation over time? You've come to this cathartic. It feels like a very cathartic moment where for, again, not that I'm saying that everyone does this, but a good chunk of people have this resistance against asking and helping and just trying to piece a system which essentially doesn't work. And that's where they drop off. Yeah, I feel like it's often a, it's a fear of failure, right? Like, and, and so what, why are you afraid to fail? If you're starting up a new skill that you literally have no experience with, there's no reason you're going to be good at it. I mean, maybe if you just happen to be lucky and you can just, you know, speak a new language, for example, like you're, you're not going to know. So you start, you just have to start. And so disconnecting even pieces of that, I think are the, a, a big example. I'm not a big sports person, so I apologize about the analogy. I'm not if if, a pitcher <laughs> and you're really good. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but, but if you're, if you're a good pitcher, you're still probably not going to be great at being the catcher, right? So like, or whatever. Um, so like you need, you need to be able to like dissociate where your pride is at and say, okay, I, I, I have an opportunity to grow here and, and me being good at it doesn't make me feel any better, especially when I know that I'm just lying to myself about it. <laughs> but so. it's amazing yeah. that Sometimes we love to live in that lie for a little bit because we're just like, oh no, 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 no. It's like, no, you're 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 not good at it. Because why would you be good at it? This is a brand new thing that you're just picking up. Oh, yep. what how does that make sense that you would be amazing at it? Oh, it's because you think the skill that you've built, like 
yeah, you're pretty decent at playing your open mic or you've been great at writing some of these songs, but now you need to write this type of song. Why do you think that carries over in this? It doesn't. You're starting at the ground floor like everyone else. Right. Like, and (laughs) maybe that's the scary bit is because, oh, it's the ground floor again. You're saying like, I'm going to have to put in this work and I may have to like not do well and I'll have to write a whole bunch. And that means because we're, we're so we're in love with the result, which, you know, people think, oh, it'll get me, you know, sometimes higher status, more money, but we're not in love with the process of the whole, the whole thing, which you got to love the process. Right. And, and, and obviously there's the all, you know, you're, we're always learning something new. I learned that this was a problem for me when I, well, did, you know, some therapy work and trying to understand why I was struggling with music and was I afraid of winning at music or what was, what was the issue? And I realized that I owned a recording studio with a friend when I was younger and was not good at it, but did my, you know, did my best or whatever. And then I accidentally built a film company, what, which felt effortless, quote unquote, uh, because I wasn't supposed to be good at film. So I, it was easy for me to kind of grow those skills and just keep failing and keep failing. And over time I got competent at, you know, holding a camera and hitting the red button. Uh, but as I started move, you know, re-engaging into the music side, which has this, in, uh, this fear baked into my brain from childhood, it was like, okay, yeah, disconnect the pieces of the puzzle that I'm not good at. So if I'm afraid at X, Y, or Z, just, yeah take it one piece at a time. And I have a tendency also to hyper-focus on one thing at a time. And so I don't, um, I don't try to become good at mixing at the same time as writing lyrics at the same time as practicing my paradiddles <laughs> on my drums. I'm kidding, but <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, but truly like, like I, I, I want one technique at a time to, to try to quote unquote conquer enough that I feel like I, took a step forward because each step needs that focus you can't do yeah you can't get better at multiple skills at multiple at the same time because like one is going to not get (laughs) like one will get better the other one kind of gets better and the other one doesn't but also too from an energy level it's not sustainable that's one thing where you'll totally burn yourself out and you'll go like, oh, I hate music. It's so exhausting. It's so rough. Well, yeah, if you try to do everything at once, it is pretty exhausting. I think what you mentioned, you know, during the interview we did last time, the idea that you spend 15 minutes a day on one part of the skill at a time yeah. is how you grow, not just play for 15 minutes. It's like work on something for 15 minutes and then play. And I think that's the thing too, that the book that I remember when I mentioned, you were like, oh yeah, I read that crit. I'm like, oh yeah, she really dives in to being okay with not being great at the thing at actually struggling at the beginning and actually being judged as like, oh, you're probably not going to do well with it. But in turn, that person keeps on trying and progressing and learning from others applying and it gets better and maybe just it it has some form but man it develops more and more and more and more as opposed to those that are gifted where they 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 excel but then they plateau because they have no framework for getting better 
And so they kind of look around, they go like, I'm good at, they're looking for validation. They're looking for people to be like, Hey, I'm still good at the thing. And they're like, yeah, it, it, it's been a couple of years. You're kind of the same. I, I, I guess you're okay. Yeah. I remember that when I was uh, filmmaking, I shared a video with somebody and they were like, that's amazing. That's great. And then I shared another one with the same tricks and they were like, okay, yeah, you, you can still do that <laughs> thing you did. That's great. Like what's next? <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. This is where I'm looking for a dopamine hit for validation instead of actual growth. And that hit me and I was like, okay, just keep growing and getting better and take one step at a time. And, and it's nice to get the validation, but what I find is the people that do oh, yeah. well over time, they're like, okay, cool. Thank you. Like they still enjoyed like, cool. I'm glad you appreciate it. But they're also like, so what would you do differently? <laughs> like they're, they're much more interested in understanding the nuances of how they can get better. And I mean, with podcasting and with licensing and recording, there's so many different nuances and so many different techniques that you can learn from people that are doing it well that you can filter in, but you won't filter them in unless you ask and be okay with them giving an answer. I also um, have struggled with overthinking a lot. Struggles may be the wrong word. I am an overthinker. I'm an overanalyzer. I think about everything. I plan like crazy. And so a lot of the deep dives that I do, uh, it's that whole you know paralysis by analysis thing, right? Where I'm, I, I mean, my podcast launched, you know, a solid eight months after I started it, you know, um, because I was like, okay, well, how do I like, how do I edit? How do I post? What is, what's the intro need to be? What are all, you know, like all the pieces and, um, you know, everybody's like, just start. And I'm like, I know, but <laughs> I have too much to figure out so that once I launch, I, I'm at least comfortable with that. But I also, I think this is important for me is I, I have to know that I've launched it to the best of my ability within reason with totally tolerating the imperfections. So the things that I know I could make better technically, um, I need to be okay with to a degree. So like, I want to hit a bar and I want to go above that bar, but I also need to know that, uh, I can just let it go. Like it has little glitches here. The color's not matching the things I know from the filmmaking standpoint, like it doesn't matter. <laughs> it it, do, it doesn't yeah. because I was like, we could sum up what you just said right there into this sentence. Hey, I just launched a podcast and I'm into the first 10 episodes. Because if somebody gets that, they're like, oh, okay, you're just starting out. If you had said, I've been, I'm in episode 200 of my podcast. Cool. Then the, the it's almost like the measurement too of how we, like other people would look into it and suggest is going to be different. So why don't we adopt that too? But we don't, because he says like analysis by you know, paralysis by analysis. I think there's many songwriters and I've met many songwriters that are basically crippled by overstudying and writing down. They've taken this course, they've taken this course, they've taken this course, they've taken this course. But the problem is they've never applied a single element of what they've learned into writing a song and it breaks my brain yeah it just like it shuts down because i'm like how do you think you're gonna like flipping through your notebook and writing more notes and going back through that is not going to help what's gonna help is writing 200 songs based off of what you've learned and it seems like 
you're now in the space where it's a little bit less and you know kind of like analysis analysis but it's like cool i need to do it because when you start doing it you're committing yourself to continually doing it and maybe that's where people don't want to jump in because then suddenly it's now a commitment i also think once you if you have a goal or a dream that you're you know a skill you're wanting to acquire and you you so badly want to win at that and you again you're just starting off and so you release your first song to somebody and they're like that's really great well you start to like pile on this fear of failure again i think like as you start to get affirmation consistently you're more afraid of getting the things that break down that reality because you know how you're more aware of how good you are not the better that you get at something yeah yeah too so i i feel like there's a breakdown that happens as you start to get more affirmation for stuff what's fascinating about that is sometimes we're also aware of who we're bringing the thing to and the answer they're going to give like we're giving it to a person that we just know like like yeah my mom's just going to be like yeah it was great and i'll be like oh that's 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 all i needed to hear yeah yay <laughs> but if you go to a mentor they're going to be like oh that's interesting yeah that's not bad here's what i would do next time but i really like how this is happening here i have hunger for those people in my life that say this is what i would make better i like even the people i know that they like it they don't like they don't they know that they don't even need to say that with me. They're like, let's just that's fine. Cool. That's great. Here's here are the things that sucked. It's like refreshing as heck to me for some reason. <laughs> just like, cool. I can start to apply that later. That's the keys to like the next thing. And I think what people Yeah. Either you're hungry for the praise or you're hungry for the development. And that's kind of like it. And it's right. just like if you're hungry for the praise, that's why people, you know. Uh, go to the same open mic for 20 years where everybody plays the same style song again and again and again and nothing's changed and it's all just a clap of like yep. that was great there's a point where that's good for us at the start because it needs to get us you know just kind of motivated to get going but eventually that does nothing for us in the long term i was telling you that yesterday the the book club that i'm in it's a book called 10x is easier than 2x and somebody expressed, you know, man, this is really tough. And he goes, uncertainty is the price of admission for the next level. And I was just like, I was like, oh, man, that's mm. that's some good shit. <laughs> I was like, there we go. I uncertainty is awesome. the price of admission. And it seems like when you're OK with that, you're well, you're OK with like, let tell me all these all these things that need to change. I'm curious because you were really you say you know piano was the intro that was the thing for music and you started a, a recording you know studio but you know it didn't work i tried my best with the knowledge you had when did you come to that position of like cool not only and i feel this is really important for people that haven't been to your studio which is you know not everyone has not only have you made the verbal commitment but when i walked in your studio i was like oh damn damn okay you're committed to it. like it was just like things were set up equipped and i was like "Ooh, that's nice i was like okay yeah i you know what i've been thinking about a loudness meter i don't have a loudness meter like i was looking around you've not just <laughs> talked the talk but you've invested 
wisely in kind of like your setups and your things. And you were telling me about like the people that you've had over your mentors to like advise you on the next step, next step. Oh, this, oh, I'm getting some mixing help on this. So it seems like it's not just talk. How did it get there? I don't know. I mean, for, for me, the space in, in particular, because I had had a studio before, I, I wanted this one to be so capable that I know I'm the problem all the time. Mm. <laughs> so, so if, if, if the studio is great and there's, I don't have excuses for gear and for mics and for whatever, for the sound quality to not be good. I know for sure. I know for sure that I'm the problem. What's fascinating to me with this, this studio that you built, it's gorgeous. It's, it, it has, you know, everything is like ready to go. Like if you had people, you could be here, here, here. It's set to go, set to go, set to go. To me, how did you get to that jump of uncertainty, built in fears about music commitment? And then suddenly now being the point where it's like, cool, I'm fully committed. How did you get from that chasm, that jump from uncertainty and like, it wasn't a thing for quite a while. And I feel for people that eventually jump back into music, that's the story. There was this period of like, oh, music didn't happen. It was a completely other thing. And I did this and I was pretty good. But like, now I'm here because I want to be. How'd that happen? From my end, uh, there was definitely a, a massive driver of frustration coming from feeling like that filmmaking stuff that I had done and still do. I, and I love it. But the the filmmaking side had taken what I had originally started as a recording studio uh, and a lot candidly because it was easier to make money in film than it was running a recording studio, at least in the town that I was at and with the skills that I had. Right. And so I kind of fell into that and was like, man, I still need and want to do music. I'm constantly sitting down and writing and I need to get stuff out. But I also have this fear of the judgment that I have for myself that I'm perceiving from other people. What's the judgment or what did you perceive in your head? When you thought about that, like, oh, that that I release something and it's lame. Okay, uh, you know, like the, the the very childhood versions of bullies making fun of you and me making fun of me, or uh, I mean, really, some some simple quote unquote stuff. Like, I know I want to record something and I try really really hard, and I've got my speakers set up in a room that's not treated, and I don't have any correction going on, and so the mix just always sounds bad. And I didn't know anything about gain staging. Not that you need to, I mean, I'm not trying to pitch anything about that side of it, but I, I didn't know what I was doing wrong and, and I was trying my best and I kept hitting fail points. I was like, man, this is so annoying. And I, yeah, it, it's just been a, it's been a push. I mean, I've, I've spent really two years in this space, learning and growing one step at a time that turned into the studio that you you saw that is, is now capable for executing you know music well i'm not saying i am but i'm getting there i think you're getting there man because i heard some <laughs> no, of the stuff thanks, and yeah. i'm just like there's certain yeah, yeah, things that yeah. i was like oh i could hear this this is where i would change but yeah. what's even more fascinating is you have to let go of something so you were taking something that was working well and you allowed it to stop and like you know you moved you move from your state and that to do a move I know is like, it's, it's difficult to make a, a state jump to a whole new place, a whole new thing. 
And I think it's funny that we both like arrived around the same time, but knowing like, Oh, I have to do this. Knowing and doing are like, you know, two different things. Oh yeah. Well, and my wife and my family are also courageous and open. So that was helpful too. It, <laughs> I'll say, it, you know, I mean, it, it, it takes a lot of buy-in for us to all say, yeah, let's go reinvent life for a second in a different way. Yeah. It's exciting though. You know, I mean, it's easy to look back, you know, I, I don't want to point negative negatively to other people, but if, you know, you look back and you're like, man, the last five years I've been doing this thing and I feel stuck. Like, yeah. Who put me in this position? Like I did. So I'm the one that needs to pull myself out of it. Yeah. No one else is going to do it. Like, and the position wasn't bad. It just wasn't what I wanted things to be. I, I think that's the important thing right there. Because when we think of awful things, we think of just like, oh, this is a terrible, like the walls are caving in and it's awful. It's, it, it, I'm, I've lost my thing. But what you're describing is, oh, it was a thing that was going well. But it just didn't make me happy. Yeah. And I think people, everybody has that in a sense. There are points where there's things that we feel that we have to do, that we love to do, but we don't because we've been doing this other thing for a while and it's very safe. And it's it's kind of what we know. Even if I don't love it at this point, I understand the ins and outs of it. I know when things go wrong, what needs to be fixed. And But at some point, you kind of have to make a decision. Are you okay with that? Like, if this is the end all be all, like, is this what you want? Right. Yeah. And I think that there's also an important thing to communicate. I mean, in my opinion, to people that like, sometimes you have to do those things you don't want to do. And there's no, there's nothing ethically wrong with obviously working a job and paying the bills and doing the things. So it's a matter of engaging with something on the side that you can grow like for example my podcast is new like there's you know there's no way that's going to be even close to paying bills you know for <laughs> maybe ever or for like, yeah. you know like that's not that's not the point but it's on this it's on the side it's something that you know from a mechanic standpoint there's reasons and good you know purpose for it but the um you know sharing good ideas with the world and being there but uh there's different steps along the way. What you're describing is there's different steps when you're starting out. Yeah, it's not going to be a full-time thing. It's not going to be. It's like, you're going to be doing this while developing this. You're going to be, I feel like there's many different transition points where you can slowly let go of this thing and then you can upgrade to the next level. But there's a period of time where these two have to kind of share a dance with each other. Yeah. And you're not able to do it fully but there is some time you're able to carve out and develop it and get better at it and learn from others and apply that knowledge. And then if you do that for a while, it's almost like you can cut back the other thing that you're not crazy about, but it's like you realize right now that's where it is, but it's not how it's going to be forever. Right. Is That's yeah. a long-term vision plan this is what it's going to look like long-term. In the short-term, it may be like this. And so it doesn't bother if others don't see it or if they don't get it. And it's not my job to make them see it. What it is my job is to make sure that I'm putting in the work, the effort, the things that I know that move the needle in the direction that I want. And if everybody chooses to look at me, that's their wasted time 
and if I'm their their thought, yeah, it just yeah. seems like that you're very just kind of like, all right, let's let's get on this path. Like it seems like a very long term thing, which I can relate to because I'm short-term moves i'm like okay that's cool but what's what what does this mean in the bigger picture of things like five years from now what is this going to look like yeah songwriters let's get real for a moment sometimes we are our own worst enemy we're looking at the song various different ways we're looking at here there um i'm not sure if i we are in our own head and we could dissect it and and rework it and rework it and rework it and rework it until you suck the life out of your idea you know what's a lot easier getting an outside perspective especially when that outside perspective is someone that has had success with music. And that's why getting a song critique is invaluable so that you don't have to wonder and look at your song again and again and again, but somebody can look in on your process, advise, and actually make you aware of potential hurdles you might face if you keep on going down this path. But instead, do this. Why? Because mentors have been in the same place that you are in right now. So instead of wasting hours upon hours of, you know, stressing yourself out, going crazy, looking at the same song, the same lyric sheet, the same melody, you keep on singing the same chord structure. Instead, sign up for a song critique at songwritingforguitar.com. Book it with one of our coaches so that you can then actually finish the song, get something out of it, and move on to the next song with a process and a system. So go to songrangforguitar.com right now to book your song critique. Okay, let's jump back into the episode. Yeah, I have a question for you too, but, but I, I guess I want to start with a little quick story. When I had the film company with a team of people that were asking me what the vision of the company was, they would reference Elon Musk. And he's like, well, Elon Musk just wants to make people, you know, the the world or the human race uh, multiplanetary. Like, okay, so every decision that he makes, it seems like he's running all of these different companies for all kinds of things. But like he has an ultimate goal that is, is his vision. My ultimate goal that's guiding me on all of these little decisions is that I want to create music that people will be able to enjoy and that can be useful uh, for movies and commercial stuff and just enjoy it on Spotify. Um, That's my ultimate vision. So every decision I'm making is leading up towards that, sharing good ideas in the music side, right? You, you know, from the outside, it could appear that, I mean, obviously you have a consistent name, but that you have a lot of like too many directions. I don't think you have too many directions, but clearly you have a vision of what you're trying to do. And what, what is that? Well, here's what, before I answer, this is what's great when Huss, allow me to dodge that question yeah. and then go deeper into your question. <laughs> when you like that to me shows the scope of how you can, you know, people can build things with sometimes like, oh, wow, it, it, it built. Cause what you're describing is you had staff too in in film which is crazy like so it was it was doing well yeah i think when we were at our most on staff we had 14 people full-time um that we were in in denver and in grand junction and we were going all over the country filming doing that's stuff. amazing um so i but i woke up and realized was like that's 
not what I am happy with. And I mean, small business is hard. And so the stress that's, that comes along with like yep. having payroll and, and, and all of those things that, you know, come and go really quickly. Uh, it, it broke me down, man. I was like, I am burnt out, just absolutely burnt out. And for something that wasn't my ultimate dream or goal. That, and that's the thing I was saying is like, I woke up and realized like, I'm the one that got me here. So like, I have to get out of it. But what's great <laughs> yeah. about that, I don't know yeah. if you ever had this perspective when you came to that realization. You know, film, it, it was a love that you discovered, but it's also sounded like something that developed and built. It feels like sometimes too, like accident. Like it was just like, oh, okay, let's do, let's, let's get this. Yep. And it, what's crazy is if you could scale that, imagine a thing that you're insanely passionate and excited about. Yep. That's what I'm like, accidental yep. growth and scaling, <laughs> unintentional, <laughs> yep. like, oh, that's yeah. cool. I'm like, oh, man, imagine like the focus of like taking that energy that you did. That fights to me any sort of like, oh, I'm not sure, any sort of hesitancy because it's like, hey, if you unintentionally scaled and built this thing that's amazing, imagine with an intention and passion and development and scale like what it can be. Yep. That yep. boggles my mind. Yeah. And I'm really, 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 truly excited. It just took me breaking down the reasons that I didn't do that first outside of the confusion of how to make it make money and pay the bills. Like it was like there was something else. And like that, I, we talked about that earlier, but it was the fear. It was the, the fear of failure and the fact that my identity from the time I was two mm -hmm. was a piano player. Like that is people pointed to me and said, look, he's good at playing piano here. Monkey, go play the piano so that everybody claps their hands at the end because you're a little kid. And then yeah. I get older and it was the same version. And it's been my whole life. My identity is attached to it. I was like, man, I am not going to be successful at producing songs <laughs> or recording songs if I keep being afraid of the judgment because I'm not as good at those things as I am or was at the skills of playing piano from, you know, we're talking about like childhood trauma stuff here, but. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting to me. Again, that was the thing that was the music. It was an identity given. And with that you played, people clapped. It was awesome. And then there, you get into the intricate, like I'm going to build a studio, I'm going to build a career. And it's just like, it's, it's not easy to clap because there's so many nuances that people don't understand. You can try to explain, but then they don't get. Yeah. And then you start to actually see, oh, this is actually how it works. Oh, I had some preconceived notions of how music happened. Oh, I need to understand. No, I don't understand publishing. No, I don't understand. Oh, I do understand song structure, but I don't know how to make this always catch. Oh, all these little facets you're discovering. And yep. it's hard to describe it to someone because sometimes right. if you do, if you do describe it, they're kind of like, sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. And, and you're it like, is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yep. I mean, and that's where the benefit comes though. You know, it's like anytime you work hard at something, you're growing that, that long-term dopamine that you get from it. Yeah. You, know, you go conquer a hard skill. And like, that's the good dopamine that like swiping on social media is the cheap, fast, more, you know, oh, yeah. potent at the moment, but it just goes away and dumps, right? Like, but the hard work stuff is like, I always feel so much better. Obviously, everyone does. Like after you work hard at something, especially something that 
you've had as a goal or you realize you need to do. Um, I just want to appreciate that you said dumps. And I just imagine Instagram just taking a big old (laughs) dump in our soul, just crushing it. And it's just, (laughs) it's just staying there every single time. Uh But I will not avoid the question. You asked me, what's my vision? And it's, and it's true. People can look at, you know, all these little facets of like, well, Mike does a podcast and he has a company and he does some licensing. And I always see them as two separate entities because to me, there's the education side, which is purely just educating songwriters that are in different positions in life that desire to move forward at a higher level. And so that means also connecting them with people that I've been lucky to be mentored by and collaborate with that are doing it at a level that's sustainable and it's a career and it's the thing they do to pay bills. And that's to me exciting because they don't know their names and that demystifies that you have to know them. They've done some cool shit it's awesome. It's great, but you can still do it. And so creating that community, that to me is the exciting thing with songwriting for guitar. On the other side, I just love writing and composing and creating and getting into more and more television shows because at first it was, oh, this is interesting. Then it became very intentional. And now it's grown to a level of like, wow, it's crazy. Five years ago, I wouldn't feel confident with this, 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 this. Now it's just like, I'm like, cool, I'll do that. So it's looking for that next, as what we're talking about right now, higher levels where it's like, God, I want a six figure like placement. That'd be great. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. That's uh, that's a high <laughs> level. That's so high. But it's like, cool, you've done the 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 quick hundred dollars. You've done the four figure. You've done the five figure. You have not had that level. And that might take three years, four years. Cool. That's fine. But man, when it happens, not so much about the money, the money is the bonus. But the other thing is like, it's probably going to be with a collaborator, which is going to be exciting because it's also someone I get to share it with. But it's also just, again, myth busting that you need to do this, this, and this in music. So those are the things that power me to carry out the vision of both sides. But then also meeting yeah. people that are also hungry to do that. And then my network and my community grows my circle grows of people that are very insanely driven, passionate. They look after others, but they're constantly bettering themselves. And they can tell me five books that you need to read. And, oh, here's a nugget of like things that I can write down. I'm like, oh, wow, that's, I need to do that. It's inspiring. I don't consider it overwhelming, but it's like, oh, they're really going, I got to step up my game a little bit because it's just like they, they push you in a good way to be a better and a higher level. Yeah. No, and I think that that community drive that you've put together, it feels like it feeds the same ultimate goal regardless. And obviously mm-hmm. you're doing all of the things you're doing, but like having a podcast, having courses, having mm-hmm. a book, it, it all still feeds, like you say, directly into the goal of having a songwriting, like being able to do songwriting, um, engage the music industry and help other people. Like that's like, like what else should life be really? I mean- <laughs> What exactly? What should it be if it, you've yeah. been able to get to a level where it's now sustainable and it, you found it, find it shocking and you think, man, if I could go back to five years ago, Mike, or six years ago, Mike, what would I would probably tell myself this, 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 and this. And so, oh, that sounds like you're creating like a program or basically a curriculum. 
you should probably create something that informs people on this, this, and this. It's not a fast track, but it's almost like you're giving them the blueprint that you used to help get to where you are. And if they use that blueprint, adjust it to them, put in the work, yeah, it 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 will work out. That's the that's the fun thing. And that's what I find interesting with where you're at, like you embracing just the blueprint and uh, embracing like the foundational elements and staying there, being willing to and talk about that. Cause I feel like when people talk about what they're working on, they try Mm -hmm. to make it fluffy or try to make it more, Mm. you know, kind of like, well, I'm working on, and they try to add a level of mystique or just like pomp and circumstance where you're just like, yeah, I'm working on this thing because man, I listened to it. And it was just like, it was not what I wanted at all. And I'm like, wow, the transparency in that phrase (laughs) is awesome because you truly are allowing yourself to stay there, but be okay with it instead of trying to hide under this language or these nuances or make excuses. Like, Mm. and I feel like that's the other half I get. Well, it was a crazy week. Yeah. I still have crazy weeks. Crazy weeks are not going to disappear. Right. Crazy weeks no. are going to be consistent. So if, Always. <laughs> if you're using that as the quick getaway car in everything that you're doing at the beginning, I don't think you're going to make it. Yeah. No, I'm I, I'm unrelenting on on each skill that I find important that I need to learn. And I'll, I'll spend an unnecessary amount of time. Well, not unnecessary. I spend the necessary amount of time to, yeah. to figure out what it is that I haven't figured out and I get frustrated if I don't understand it. Like we were talking about mm-hmm. the music industry stuff. It was like, why in the world is this so complex? And why do I feel like I'm an idiot? Cause it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> and, and the idea of just sign up for this account and call it good. I'm like, that doesn't, I mean, okay, that works. I'm sure. But I want to understand, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, <laughs> you're doing yeah. the exact balance of what it needs to be. It requires. Yes as you're growing gear to do the thing you do. But the one thing you're not doing is just, I feel this is the the terrible thing about gear. You can buy a new thing and feel like you've reached a new level and it can look great on Instagram posts. It can look great on Facebook posts. And it's like, well, can I hear what you're doing? Oh, you want, you want to hear it? Well, yeah, you have that new X, Y, Z. Can I hear what you're working on? Oh, well, things have been crazy. Uh, So I just have this piece of gear that's like 2000. Just say, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, to be fair, that's been me like for (laughs) two years, like, right. And that's awesome. I, I, I'm okay with that. Like it, it, it's been me for two years sitting in the studio, not having stuff out on Spotify still to this day, but I will in Give me a month, okay? But what I will say <laughs> yeah. is, you're what you're doing differently is you've been developing it and getting feedback. That's the other thing. Sometimes people will sit in that space of just the gear and not doing the thing and not getting the feedback because they're just yeah. like, I know it's not going to be good, and I've been really clinging to this Kemper. I've been clinging yeah. to this yeah. uh, hardware compressor that like I see everybody and I got all the fab filter gear and I bought all and I got ice mm-hmm. and it's like, cool. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Those are all great companies. Um, yep. but those companies are absolutely pointless if you haven't written a couple, you know, hundred 
or so songs to like just get the gears moving and getting the feedback yep. on what needs changed and just starting to yep. implement those tools to discover like, oh, geez, I just, that's a terrible sound. Cool. Now, you know, <laughs> don't use it. Right. Use another one. Right. Trust your ears. Start to learn. Well, why don't you? And to me, that's the other question that's always interesting. Well, why don't, why isn't it good? Well, it's really mm -hmm. fuzzy. Okay. So make it less. Oh, or what she said, gain staging, or it's like, oh, mm -hmm. it's just really, I, for me, this was a problem when recording guitars, like, man, it sounds so thin. Well, how many guitars do you have? One. That's why. Is one. <laughs> it can only do one yeah. thing. So if you take the highs out of it, it'll just be nothing but lows. But I need some highs in it. Okay, well, but I want the low. Well, then you're going to have to track multiple guitars. So that means you're going to have to get good at tracking. You're going to have to get good at knowing different parts to play to layer on top of each other. So they're all not phasing each other. It's a whole. And then it's like, oh, then there's more to this. And you're right. just in that space where you are totally embracing that where others are quietly yeah. sitting on the sidelines waiting. I think I also want to acknowledge that I'm breaking every rule that I tell to other people when it comes to film. So when they say, what do I need to buy? Like what camera do I need and what lens do I need and all this stuff? I'm like, you don't need that. Like your phone is going to crush <laughs> it for you. Like truly yeah. I use the phone all the time. I mean, and I, I mean, I've got, you know, yeah. nice camera sitting around the studio and I do my intros on the phone because it's easier and it's more convenient and <laughs> because it's valuable, it is valid. So it, it's like the stuff I have in the studio, I guess that's the difference is that I, I'm aware that that piece of gear isn't going to make me better. It's something that I want to add to my tool set to understand how to use, but I don't think that that's going to make a song better. You know? I, I think that's so, huge. And yeah. yeah, you can admit that. Uh, people ask me, you know, like, should I get a Helix, a Kemper? Which which amp profiler should I get? And I'm like, well, what do you have? Logic. Start with Logic right there because the concepts are the same. Just use Logic. Yep. I'm not going to call the guy out, but I uh, talked with the guy who was all about, you know, having the tubes and the real everything. And you can only use these amazing pedals and I had uh, in the past created this guitar sound on that Mustang that you saw yeah. and the um, and Logic. And he was like, how in the world did you get this tone? And I was like, you do not want to know. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like in the box, no plugins, Logic. Yep. <laughs> it just sounded great. Like <laughs> it, so. it's it's exactly that because it's about the player, the concept how the song is formed, the part that you're It's a whole host of other things that are totally not at all a piece of gear. But I think it's the yep. one thing that we can hold and buy and be like, oh, I got the one because I saw the YouTube video and and they used the the Fab Filter EQ and I'm going to throw that on my vocal even though the melody itself really isn't that good. But I am, <laughs> however, it's like, I'll get to, it's Instagrammable. Mixing a vocal right now, there we go. I'm going to post it. Mm does nothing and that's something i've been asked i mean i'm curious about for my own self and would love to have your like know your opinion on too um but i'll i'll start it off with a statement i with the podcast stuff i started cutting the shorts out of the long form stuff and realized that i was ending up i mean i had some great content that i'm excited mm -hmm. to share that i you know um, but i have i had other clips that i was like yeah that's fine it's a post and is it, but, but am I posting to post or am I posting to make the world a better place with better thought? And, and like, so 
I'm a, I need to apply the same question to my music stuff once I start attaching that to songs and behind the scenes stuff is interesting to people. So that can be valuable, but like, I, I don't want to clutter my feed full of it's fine. I'd like, I did it because I'm supposed to social media ing mm-hmm. <laughs> a new verb, right? Like, uh, but you know, it, but instead like, you know, how do you uh, make sure that what you're sharing isn't just spamming for no good reason and giving people something valuable you don't have to really worry about that because it's not spam it's you sharing your point of view and actually building your audience and building your message and you're also attracting the people that are like hey this is i i love that he shared this like i love that he showed what was happening behind the scenes because you know it's it's just engaging to them and it's part and it's speaking to them like for instance it's a you know maybe this silly analogy i follow batman on instagram i'm sure batman's not going to post all the things that i'm crazy about but a good chunk of what batman posts is pretty quality content where i'm like man i love that episode (laughs) of the animated series that's so cool oh they posted that that was really cool i'm not going to unfollow because i think we're at a place where it's if it's not engaging guess what we can do Swipe up. Yeah. No, yeah, we can just swipe up because yeah. there's there's well, know, 40 yeah, yeah. million. I like how you went to like the detriment <laughs> that it's so bad there. <gasps> he shared deeper. I'm going to unfollow. Oh, yeah. and, and now it's just like, no, they can just swipe up because there's a boatload of other things below. What I meant by un- unfollow really on that is that like I don't follow the accounts I don't want to follow. Exactly. So like, if I'm not. Followed- I'm not forcing myself into somebody else's feed. You <laughs> aren't. You. Like, they willfully yeah. click that. So it's just like yeah, exactly. You can come on in. It's all good, and you're gonna see what you get. And if you don't like it, okay, then it doesn't get a lot of likes. That's okay. Right. A lot of the things that I thought were like dumb, and I'm like. Oh, ends up doing well. And there are some times where I'm like, no one's going to like that. And I'm like, I was right. No one liked that. No one really cared about that. But that's the beauty of doing more and more because you discover that it's like songwriting. How do you know what constitutes a really catchy chorus? Well, you have to get feedback and start to discover these elements. And you have to do that a lot because then you'll discover how to consistently write things that have hooks, that develop. And that's what I think is exciting about that space that you're in right now, because that's the that's the period of developing and learning all these things that will be beneficial, like five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years that are just built upon and developed too. It's like there yeah. is another stage, but it's just like it's the thing grows a little bit differently and it's a new form. And there's a new addition to it, a new way of looking at it. And yeah, it's just an exciting time that you're in. I agree. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm excited. Something I was going to say earlier, I guess. I realize that when I feel like I'm about to be defensive about something mm-hmm. in response to somebody's feedback, it's like the thing I know I need to go learn, right? So, the so if you share a song and somebody says, ah, "I think that you need to change this thing." And you're like, "No, no, no, no. I did that on purpose." Like this is the thing that it's like, "Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Start over, Seth." But I love that because I think I've experienced that where sometimes I know I can feel that wall that someone's trying to put up. Like, I don't want to change it. I don't know if it's because they're hurt or they feel like, oh, that's work that I may have to put into it. I just wanted to move on and just be told that I could pass to the next level, but I have to develop this more. And it's like, yeah, you, you might have to. 
But yeah. that's an interesting takeaway. And I think there's lots of people are probably listening that are like, uh-oh. Like little moments of like, <laughs> uh-oh. I think I had a moment yep. like that. And that's okay. I think because we're human, that's that's just the nature right. of growth in itself. And also all feedback isn't correct, right? So you have to understand that mm-hmm. if you can't hear it because and you feel defensive, then it probably is carrying some truth that you're afraid of <laughs> admitting. But, you know, if you can at least acknowledge that that is an option or that is a perception, and I've decided that that's not something I'm going to take is what the advice is, you know, good also, but... Now, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, listen, I like the idea of writing. I like the idea of all of this. How do I start taking that first step? Because like you're, you're, you're painting this picture, which sounds fun. And I would love to do this, but I just can't. Yeah. I mean, the cliche of just start is too complex, right? I mean, because if you, if just starting was that easy, you would have done it already. So break it down to a step that allows for you to build upon. So in other words, if writing a song is hard, then write three notes, build, you know, build a chorus. If building a chorus is too hard, try to make a course that only has three words that repeat. Or, you know, like, yeah. if, uh, you know, if you don't know how to play guitar well enough to like comfortably just flow mm-hmm. with whatever your musical ideas are, then pick two chords and go back and forth between them and find notes and, and realize that the win is getting to the next step. I mean, yes, having written a song eventually, but in order to get to that stage, you have to, to, um, win. I, I have an analogy around Rubik's cubes for that. Cause I learned how to solve Rubik's cubes because it's only seven steps and correct me if I'm or Yeah. People will comment if that's incorrect, I, but you that, could have said, no, but the point, the, 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 no, no, but the, but the point is, is that yeah. as I was learning, the goal was to learn step one. And that was my win. Yeah. And not solving the Rubik's cube. It was getting step one done and, and over and over and over and then go, okay, now get one and two done and then wipe it clean. And then one and two, and then clean. And then, you know, obviously you get where that's going. It's like, eventually you, I can solve a Rubik's cube, but I couldn't just sit down and solve a Rubik's cube. <laughs> I think the beautiful thing of what you're describing right there is if somebody, let's say in the context of licensing, they write a song or two or three or four and doesn't get accepted by a library or it's not the deal they wanted or it's not getting the placement. They view that as, wow, that's, well, that's because you're viewing that as the last step. It's like, but can we take a look instead at these incremental things that you've gotten better at that you're totally missing? And if you're not aware of this now, your whole perception of this process is going to be colored and you're going to miss out on all these huge growth moments. Yeah. And I think we talked about that as well. Like that if you're defining a destination as where you're happy, you will be perpetually unhappy because you're, you're not going to be in that destination ever. So it's learning how to fall in love with the process that allows for us to find a version of happiness more often. Obviously the, happiness is a complex idea but the uh but the the benefit of showing up all the time and gaining one little step at a time mm-hmm. is like it moves you forward you're heading somewhere but <laughs> you but you but but by by taking a step forward you know you've at least gotten that much closer with something else every time little piece at a time mm. Seth this was awesome now if people are like where can I find your podcast? Where can I go? Where can they go? Be, 
It's uh, behind the act on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, everywhere. We'll include a link in (laughs) our our description. But Seth, this was awesome. So glad that you could join me. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. And that does it for this week's episode. It was edited and produced by Chris Vefalius. I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening.